Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last conversation. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea, kombucha, juice, hot chocolate, cold chocolate, Reese's peanut butter cups in the fridge. Hello. Hey, Brian. Hi, Sean. How's it going? It's going good. Good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. If you're not already familiar with today's guest, please make some noise for my longtime friend and uh, artistic musical deviant turned, (laughs) you know, we we got it together over time, mm-hmm. but it's still in us. Yes. We're still a bunch of dorks. Make Fair some enough. noise. Sean Sweeney's in the building. Hey. Woo! Thank you. Insert applause wow. here. Wonderful intro. Thank oh, you. Man, that felt good. That felt good. I'm ready for the show now. All right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we were catching up a little bit before we started recording, mm-hmm. but we didn't touch base on one thing that I think is what you wanted to primarily talk about yeah. when you came over. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I heard that you are no longer wearing socks. No I socks. Was, I heard this through the grapevine. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, yo, have you heard about Sean Sweeney? He's not wearing socks anymore. I'm just like, I don't know. This is weird. We got to get on the podcast yeah. and talk about this. Anti-socks. Anti-socks movement. You're not going to put socks on me. I'm going to put a sock in it (laughs) and let you talk about your photography. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, whenever we talked last, I mean, we were talking about music. um, And it's definitely been a huge bridge into what I'm doing now, which is street photography. Um, Most people who I'll probably be showing this to might not even know my name uh, because I go by Suits Photo and all of my stuff. Uh, and I've been doing that since, uh, December of this year. I started that channel and been doing street photography all around Pittsburgh with it. Cool. So what was the, I mean, actually, I'm not going to ask you what the inspiration was behind wanting to do street photography. I don't care. (laughs) You don't care. Nobody cares about that. But what is it about street photography that makes you want to put time into it at all because you're an adult that has a life with plenty of other things going on and to do anything creatively can be sometimes draining and undeniably selfish right Mm -hmm. so what is it about street photography that has you like going for it wow you skipped right over the the easy question right to like the more difficult more person i love that (laughs) cutting right to the core because you're right we're adults. We have other responsibilities. I have a career. I have a family. Why am I taking this time and energy, which street photography takes a whole lot of both, to go out and just be on the street with a camera, take pictures of strangers, and take pictures of things that aren't about my career or about my family? Um, and the truth is, is that I, I mean, to go back to the first question that you didn't ask, I was inspired. I started getting into photography about four or five years ago through a mutual friend, Josh Elsass. Um, and we started working together on a photography project. Uh, and I started learning about different types of photography that I found interesting, whether it was uh, portraits or product photography or just general documentary uh, kind of photography. 
photography. Um, and I happened across a couple of photographers that really did inspire me. Uh, Alex Webb, uh, Joshua K. Jackson, um, uh, Saul Leiter, um, Vivian Meyer, definitely one of the biggest ones. Um, and I thought, wow, how can I go out and just capture these moments, these feelings, without writing a song about it, and actually mm-hmm. not even putting any words to it, and just having a picture that somebody can look at and say, "I have, I've been there before." Sure, I feel that. That is one hundred percent like what I was going to segue into because for anyone that doesn't know you, we already mentioned it just briefly, mm-hmm. but I know you from being a musician mm-hmm. and a songwriter, right. and not like a you know ding dong fucking whatever songwriter a very like heart on my sleeve to a nauseating extent type of songwriter right and i mean that in the best way possible oh no i, I that's I, a huge compliment i'm just Thank pulling you. your chain because you're yeah. not wearing socks <laughs> no socks um you actually probably have socks on you'll never know yeah you won't know either <laughs> but anyways so you are and maybe were are I don't know we can get into whether or not you're still writing songs or not down the road Mm -hmm. but I always knew you as somebody that was a very emotive and evolved songwriter putting a lot of feelings into music Mm -hmm. and the thing that sucks sometimes about being a songwriter is that that emotion that you're trying to capture doesn't always get digested properly by the person that is consuming it, right? Right. And the other thing, too, is that it is really exhausting trying to put your feelings out there for the world Mm -hmm. all the time and then not having it digested properly makes it really hard. You know, one thing that I've noticed about photography that is really cool is that somebody can look at your work that you've done and they can digest this snapshot of a moment in, you know, 10, 20 seconds, Mm -hmm. and they understand everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. As a musician, you don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. There's not one song that I have ever written that I could play somebody 10 seconds of, and they understand who I am as a person and an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, it requires so much more time. Mm -hmm. So I imagine getting into this photography and being able to learn to capture these moments that aren't necessarily your story, Mm -hmm. but other people can connect with it in an easier, quicker way is probably more sometimes fulfilling and maybe not as like emotionally taxing as being a songwriter can be, right? Oh, very much so. Oh my God. And actually you hit on like three things right off the bat there that I wanted to touch on too, because uh, number one, it is one of the most frustrating things in music and in photography. Whenever you put something out there, it's your story, you're telling it, but people are misconstruing it as other, uh, in other ways. And that is that can be frustrating, but you also walk a very fine line with that too because you don't want to be too obvious with everything. Uh, that was one of the, uh, I had a, a critique in my music from a very dear friend, like, hey, this song's really cool, but it's just very obvious, you know, like what you're saying. Like, why don't you be a little bit more, like, mysterious about it too and that's something interesting that i get from photography too but it's a it's a tough line okay go ahead can i cut in real quick yes i wonder too because i think sometimes like too much mystery in art can be obnoxious Mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes 
there's if there's a personal relationship between the artist and the person listening to it, they have a different understanding than what the casual listener might have. So true. They so is this obvious to lenses. them because they know you, or yeah. is it obvious in general? I don't know. That, that's a that's such a. Uh, where were you whenever I got that critique <laughs> and that kept me up at night, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> but you're so right because we're gonna hear that from people who already know us and know what we're talking about. Sure, you're absolutely right. But you also are right about it's it's so frustrating or it's it's not interesting whenever you're too mysterious. You lay it on too thick. Um, especially whenever it comes to street photography. I see so many people who are posting things that are trying to be extra cerebral or artistic and it just gets lost in translation. I don't know what you're trying to do here. Why don't you sure. be a little bit more clear? Um, so I, I think that there still is a line, but I think that you're right that I need to keep on the perspective that maybe if somebody knew me, they would know what I was trying to say more. But for everybody else who sees my my photo or listens to my song, they might not know exactly. So don't worry about being a little bit more obvious. Art to me is kind of like the weather in the sense that whenever it's like a really nice day outside, it usually takes you a little bit to realize it, right? Yeah. Like you step outside, you're going about your business and maybe you've been out there for a while and you're like, you know, it's a really nice fucking day outside. Mm -hmm. And art is the same way. Like any art that I love the most, it's usually a type of thing that like I interface with it and I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm enjoying it. But I'm not immediately thinking like this is the best thing or this is the worst thing. Mm -hmm. It's just down the road. I'm like, fuck, I really love that record or I really like that painting. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime I've like interfaced with something and I'm like, this is the worst fucking thing ever. There's always an opportunity that down the road I end up liking it. And anytime I interface with something and I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever heard, I probably hate it in two weeks. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's this kind of like to the point of what you were saying. I think the point is when somebody is like looking at your art or if you're observing something that is like super like artistic and like you can't quite understand it, right? Mm -hmm. I think that it's just like shitty weather. Like, you yeah. know, this doesn't make sense. I don't want to be in this. And most of the time when I see a photo that I really like, I'm not even thinking like, oh, wow, I really like or hate this photo. I'm actually thinking about the moment that's happening in the photo. Mm -hmm. And then I realize, oh, shit, I'm looking at a photo that somebody took and developed, or mm -hmm. if it's a digital photo, somebody like, you know, manipulated the contrast and the colors in whatever way. It's almost like a... Uh, like a Disney movie. Like sometimes like you forget you're watching a cartoon. Mm -hmm. Like, oh shit, this story is so good. I didn't think about what I was actually like interacting what, with, right? What went into making that sure, sure, in sure. front of you. Yeah, and I think that photography or art in general, but we'll mm -hmm. just stick with photography so that's sure. kind of like the baseline where yeah. we're at. I think that's what it should be. Like this is telling a story and immediately I'm lost in the story of what this is mm -hmm. before remembering, oh, this is a photograph and a piece of art. Right, right. And you know what? That's actually a really good segue for this, too, because my my work has been not just photography. I've been doing these point of view camera reels where I have a chest camera on like the one I, I came into the studio wearing where I'm showing people how I, I took that photo. You know, so I and that actually lets me scratch the music itch, too, because I get to put those videos to music, um, which I prefer to use lo-fi hip hop for all that. And. I get to try and time things up with the drums and everything. Um, but like you said, there's that illusion that like, oh, wait, this is a photo. This is a cartoon. This is I, I try and pull back the veil a little bit on that and show how the sausage is made, so to speak, um, because 
I think that street photography is an interesting passion. And I, I don't know if people take the time to look and dive deeper like you do and like, oh, wait, this is a photo that somebody developed or this is a cartoon. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there's any reason that anybody should take the time to right. like <laughs> interact that much. I think that it's just the way that I personally interact with things because I'm an artist and a producer and like mm -hmm. I think about things, you know, uh, we're probably going to bring up Disney references a good bit because oh, yeah. we're, we're both fans of Disney and the theme parks and, you know, consumerism. <laughs> um, but uh, with Disney and the way that they do their parks, it's a really hard time for me to go and just get lost in the magic mm. because part of me feels like, oh, I'm at school right now. Mm -hmm. Like this is a lesson in performance art uh, from top to bottom. And you know me in terms of the way that I do shows, like I want to have a whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. How are they doing those productions? How are they doing those lights? Why are they doing the costuming this way? Why are, you know, cast members interacting with the crowd in this way. Like, these are all things that I think people should apply to all forms of entertainment, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, something as big as Disney or a show in a fucking basement. Mm -hmm. I think that reason why people will go to Disney time and time again and spend a lot of money is because of that customer experience. Right. Yes. And I think there's a, re a way to do that in entertainment on any level. Yeah. You know, be, they tell stories. And I think the the key thing of being an artist, regardless of what your medium is, is mm -hmm. storytelling. That's yeah. why people look for art. They're looking for a story to get lost in. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, photography is a great way to tell that story if you have that mindset going into it. Mm -hmm. I think that an issue with photography is that it's so easy to just like, produce what is a photo mm -hmm. depending yeah you know and you get a lot of people that get into it and you know if they are being fulfilled creatively mm -hmm. do your thing yeah but you know I, I can't remember the last time I went to like the Three Rivers Arts Festival and didn't just see too many like boring bridges. photos of bridges everywhere bridges <laughs> yeah yeah and it, but the thing is yeah. They're telling a story that some ding dong from Cranberry wants to hang on their wall, right? <laughs> so Yeah. No, and, and it, you know, there's I, I agree with you, Brian, because there's uh there's a lot of photos that don't have a story that I can personally connect with. You know, photos of bridges. Yes, you know, architecture is beautiful, the colors are beautiful, the exposure is just right. It's you know, sharp as attack. I can see the appeal of that, but there isn't a story going on there. And that's why I kept on taking these photos of, of people, of strangers. You know, they don't even know I'm taking their picture. And I'm like, what's going on with them? You know, like, what's, what are they on their way from? What's on their mind? What are they obsessed with right now? What's weighing on them? You know, what all of that goes into it. And I, I can see that I can, I'll concede that there are going to be a whole lot more pictures of fucking bridges sold than my sure. pictures of strangers sold. Sure. But um, just like it artistically fulfills that person to take pictures of that, it artistically fulfills me to take pictures and have a story well, underneath it. I also think that there's probably some sort of uh, an evil genius mastermind plan for some photographers 
that probably know goddamn well that they could go out and take some pictures of the Smithfield Street Bridge mm-hmm. and sell them. Yeah. But I don't think that you, when you leave the house, are camera in hand for like a monetary benefit. No. I think that it's more of like this is a personal curiosity of just learning more about the people that are around me. And I think that that is very true to the character that is Sean Sweeney that I have always known because I can't be around you and not think about the fact that you're like one of the first strangers in the music scene that ever went out of their way to introduce themselves to me. (laughs) Nah. I swear. What? <laughs> so, because we were playing a show at back Club in, Matrix. at Club Matrix. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. We're like just getting out of the car and you're like walking up to us, hands out, like, hey, I'm Sean, blah, 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 blah. What band are you guys in? We're in this band yeah. and like being super cool, watching us, helping us carry gear, just being very <laughs> like, you know, like you were just really, really, uh, Nice. Thanks. And granted, like, you know, I hadn't been in the music scene for a very long time up until that point. You know, this would have been 2007 or 2008, Mm. not to date ourselves, ourselves, but we ain't no, we ain't no spring chickens, right? We're not. Um, And, but I think what sticks with me is that all the time that has passed since then, Mm -hmm. that hasn't really happened too many times, situations like that. There aren't very many people that are like you, you know, especially in the world of like underground music. I mean, most for the most part, it's full of introverts and Mm -hmm. I've never found you to be much of an introverted person. Likewise. So, you know, I, I think that this, you know, development and change into the world of street photography and exploring a new sense of the world around you and interfacing with strangers and just the environment that surrounds us. It just makes sense to me. I think it doesn't surprise me at all that you're into that. Thank you so much. And you know what? You're absolutely right because, um, uh, you had so many good points. I'm trying to pick which one I want to talk about, but one of the things too, like the, not having a, a monetary, uh, goal behind it like right now all monetary stuff that comes as like a a byproduct of going out there and trying to be creative and trying to connect with people and this is the point that i wanted to touch on um seeing just how similar we all are you know we're living right now in a world that's just talking about and so focused on how we're different and whenever you go out there and nobody even knows that you're looking and that you're taking a photo of some moment you see how similar we all are. We're all just a bunch of human beings. Sure. We all have wants. We all uh, have needs. We all want to love and be loved. And we all care about our families. And that's something I've just noticed so much more. It's given me such a a deeper appreciation for my fellow man. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to, it's a cheesy reference, um, but there's a a quote, you know, the camera is a fantastic tool for learning how to see the world without a camera. And I've certainly mm. felt that a lot more okay. after getting more involved in this. Um, but, and whenever it comes to doing something with this monetarily, you know, sometimes I, I never go and take pictures of bridges, but it's really cool that I've put together uh, books of my photography now. I just did uh, my second book and. Uh, I've been selling those. We had a gallery last Friday that we sold some prints and some books at, and all of the proceeds are going to Hillman Cancer Center. So it's also fulfilling in that way too, that like 
people like this enough to buy it, but it's also they get that fulfillment of like, I'm buying this, but it's actually going to something better, you know? Yeah. So that's that's just been like a very, you know, why am I taking time away from my work and my family to do this? That, you know, I get the creative fulfillment. I get that that kind of giving fulfillment. And it's just, and I get to talk to people a lot too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that it's undeniably important for us, regardless of our, social family whatever status to like have these passions that make you know that are ours mm-hmm. right i think that obviously we don't want to be selfish a lot of people say being selfish is a bad thing but mm-hmm. i think to some degree uh, a good healthy dose of selfishness is required mm-hmm. for like the human brain to be able to interface with other people appropriately. Like how can you make healthy time for others if you're not making healthy time for yourself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you have like a healthy, not toxic way to spend time with yourself that, you know, is fulfilling, Mm -hmm. go for it. And I think that that is another thing too that I would imagine being somebody that was in a band for as long as you were Mm -hmm. putting in all of that effort with other parties of people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like your thing, but it's also everybody else's thing. It's not like it's hard sometimes like, Oh, like I can maybe write part of a song, but I need everybody else to kind of contribute to complete this thing. But now it's like, I can leave the house. I could do these photos and I'm not necessarily dependent on a bunch of other 30 somethings to show up on time. Dude. Get out of my head, Brian. <laughs> You're so right because that is, um, well, first off, it's a healthy way to to give yourself that time because a lot of my time is focused on other people, whether it's my clients, whether it's my family, whether it's my my wife, my daughter. Um, I, I, I focus a lot on all them. But yeah. then you have to focus on yourself. And whether that hobby is something that is, you know, watching a TV show or playing video games or, you know, whatever it might be, I find that I can recharge my battery so much more by putting something creative in. And, uh, you know, an, an hour of me going out and taking photos is the equivalent of me playing four hours of video games sure. to like recharge and be ready to go back to the normal daily routine. And that I can rely only on myself and not have three other guys that I have to, you know, mix schedules with and yeah. try and do that. Oh my God, is that, it's so freeing to do that and like oh pick up my camera bags in the car let's go you know yeah go oh my god is that great yeah i think that you know being somebody who has done a lot of different music stuff i think a big part of the reason why i've always had so many different projects I used to think it was because, oh, I have all of these fucking ideas. Mm -hmm. I think it really depends more or lays more, falls more. That would be the way to put it. It falls more on the fact that throughout the course of my history as a musician, I haven't been with people that are full time. But I was full time. Mm -hmm. And I needed to find some way to fill those gaps. So I just start creating you know, basically I want to be a full-time musician. So I have three part-time jobs, right? But they're just like part-time bands. Yes. Yeah. And uh, just filling the gap in that way. I don't think I really ever 
necessarily wanted to be in three bands. I'm still in three bands. I don't want to be in three so bands. Cool. <laughs> I like, I really don't, but they all have their purpose mm -hmm. and it's, it makes sense. Uh, and I'm used to it now. I actually, yeah. it probably doesn't make sense. I've just been doing this for so long that it like, it is what I do. Yeah. I make it work. Yeah. It's fine. Well, you make it work. And I think that, you know, that it's like that old, uh, I think it's like a native American saying like, which one wins the wolf that you feed? You're feeding so many different wolves. Cause you have different musical tastes. You have different musical backgrounds. You're very interesting. And, uh, what's the word for it? Um, renaissance man of music i would think of brian howe like you have everything from your your more metal taste to your more rap and hip-hop taste um you know and everything in between you fill up all those times that you're not with one of those bands with you know creating amazing content so i think that that's something that's really cool that you do i think that i just I, it's just what i enjoy doing if i'm not making something then uh, I get unbelievably testy, we'll call it. That's the word we'll use. That word is actually perfect because I do too. My wife sees it in me. I, I get like, I got to do something. I, I like, I got to do something. I'm getting a little bit like my, my fuse gets a little shorter. Not like, yeah. I, not like I go off the handle or go crazy or anything, but like I need to, I need an outlet. Uh, and I have to be doing something or else I'm going to go crazy. So I, I testy is the right word. And one other thing that I kind of wanted to bring up from one of your previous shows that I watched was the idea of something that, that sets apart artists and musicians to um, how you were talking about that drive that keeps you going. Um, I believe it was the Sea God for Life interview okay. that you yeah. did. That was fantastic. Like, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do to make it work. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this in regards to that drive because uh, I was chatting with. So we'll leave names and specifics out of this. Sure. Right. Yeah. But like a friend of mine was just talking about how there's something that they're involved in. They're they're part of a board of a community thing that they don't want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's all of these like things like, it's like, it's hard because like, I, you know, I don't, I don't live as close as I used to. And I, I work and I do all of these things. And like, I just don't understand. Like when I was like younger, I actually lived further away and it was easier to do. And I was just like, yeah, you actually cared. Mm. If you actually want to do something, you don't even think about what you need to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people were surprised that like I'm, I'm turning, I just turned 36 mm -hmm. years old. I just got my driver's license this year. I didn't have a, I didn't have a car mm -hmm. for as long as I did. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, how did you do yeah. everything? Cause I motherfucker, I want to do it. You find a way to make mm -hmm. things happen. Mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of people that want to be known as something like, Oh, I want to be known as oh, a musician. Yeah. I want to be known as an artist, but like, I can't why, but like, eh, you know, I just don't feel like, eh. like if you want to do, I, I know that I'm explaining this really poorly. And I wish I had a better example right now to use, but maybe people were following me. I'm just being hypercritical of the way that I explain things. Yeah. Drive is really all it boils down to. Mm -hmm. And I think 
you know, as somebody that was in a band for as long as you were, mm-hmm. that really tried to do things by the book the correct way, you know, over time, I'm sure that what ended up making things kind of just like whatever the word would be, but we'll just say like make made things maybe not as worth the time anymore was like the collective drive for everybody to make that thing work Mm -hmm. was gone. Yeah. And that's really all you need. It's not like, Oh, I forgot how to write songs or I forgot how to book shows. I forgot how to sing. I forgot Mm -hmm. how to, you know how to do all of those things. Yeah. But if you don't want to do it and you tell yourself that you don't want to do it, then it's just, there's no reason for it to happen. Very much. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what happened with the band. If it was Mm -hmm. one of these, like, well, time fizzles and it gets a little rusty and now all of a sudden the bike doesn't work anymore right yeah type of things you yeah. know well i mean with the band uh, it just kind of did it, it fizzled you know and you know one one thing that Corey and i have used in both music and in just real life uh is a phrase that we coined it was the the gas the give a shit factor mm. and you have to give a shit sure you have that's to, yeah to to use your words you have to want it enough and we did want it and you know i think that we we tried to my i should only speak for myself but i tried to do too many things at once because i tried to build a career just in case i i really shouldn't have done that if i wanted to make music my full-time career so i speaking for myself i think that i maybe i doubted myself more than i should have or maybe i had to make sacrifices that i wasn't really ready to make as far as having popular music that would be able to create an income that would sustain all four members. Yeah. You know, um, that wasn't, you know, a sacrifice that I wanted to make. The the thing that really, really sucks, and I think a lot of people don't really think about this, is that not even like Kanye West or Ye, apologies. Excuse you know, he, us. he's yeah. yes. Yeah. Ye is not even a full time musician. Right. He has fashion. Exactly. He has all of these other investments. Mm-hmm. Then you see like artists like, I don't know, like Cardi B or Nicki Minaj doing like brand sponsorship deals on mm-hmm. their social media. Right, right. Nobody is a full-time, a full-time musician. musician. Right. You know, there are artists that we know, at least we probably both know them, but I definitely know them. Mm-hmm. People that play and have played in very big bands locally mm-hmm. that when they're home, they have a job that is not their band. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. it's just like, that's the thing is like understanding like what it actually means to be a full-time musician, right? Right. Well, actually, that was one of the things. Not not that this is an excuse because there is no excuse. Uh, If I would have just went full-time in the band and kept on just teaching guitar lessons on the side, that would have been a full-time musician. But I I didn't. And here's one of the conversations that happened. Uh, we opened for a very big band at Mr. Small's Fun House. And after the show, the band was actually, it, this is a band that we look up to. They were nice enough to talk to us and say, hey, good set. And we said, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. I said, great. So, you know, are you guys looking to do this, you know, full time? Like we're having this conversation right now. And he said, yeah. He's like, okay, cool. I mean, like, you're still going to have to work too. And I was like, oh, I know, like, you know, tons of songs. He's like, no, I mean, like, I, I'm going to be done with this tour. I'm going to go back to working at my uncle's pizza shop. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, wow. So there's like no, like, like you said, like 
full-time musician, especially if I wanted to go down the road and make the music that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wanted to make something that was going to be more popular, maybe I would be doing my part-time work, doing brand sponsorship deals and stuff like Nicki Minaj, um, which that is a creative route that I wanted to take, but the other guys weren't on on board with that. uh, A very uh, memorable story of mine. Uh, When I was in high school, like when I was in ninth grade, there was a, uh, our high school had like, there was a couple bands, but there was one band. The guys were like seniors and they were like a bigger local metal ish band. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they got to open up for like a band that they really looked up to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It like would have been like the equivalent, maybe a similar, very si- similar to a situation, very similar to yeah. yours. Right. And, uh, whenever they got to the show, I think that there was some story about like they were in the back, like just like eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something. And like they saw like what the conditions were, like like talking with them about like, oh, how much money they were actually making, what mm-hmm. the conditions were like. And like the one kid that was in this band was so fucked up that he stopped playing music as a result wow. of seeing like the touring conditions of his favorite band. Right. He was like, there's no way that this could be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then he stopped doing music. Wow. Um, I mean, granted the dude's a fucking loser and does absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like he's right. a total scumbag. So, he doesn't so have it probably wasn't yeah. going to work out anyways. Yeah. Um, but that, that was actually harsh. I shouldn't have said that. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's a situation where I think that it's really easy to get, disillusioned by what the like, like what that life is like and right. i think that it really boils down to you know do you think that you're gonna get everything handed to you or are you gonna continue to work like no. there is no point when you really just coast for some people that does happen but it is still an incredibly exhausting lifestyle I think that that's one in two billion that uh, but, you can coast sure. on. Sure. But the what I was gonna say too is like that lifestyle that we think we want is sold to us. You know, we're sold that we're gonna be able to like make this, you know, amazing idea, this amazing artistic idea, and we're gonna be able to coast from there. You know, or you know, it's gonna be all uh, it's all gonna be red carpets, champagne sort of stuff, you know. Or, yeah. Full-time touring gigs, playing sold-out stadiums, that kind of whatever the whatever your dream was. Whenever it comes to music or any art for that matter, um, yeah, I I think that my suspicion is that once you get to a certain level of art, how much you are actually responsible for the end product mm. is questionable to me. Yes, like there are some bands like. I don't know, the Killers. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty big band. Yeah. Like, how much of the Killers' music is written by the Killers? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what's the percentage split between the band members and the producers and mm-hmm. A&R suggestions and mm-hmm. all of these things? You know, I mean, I know that you've been in a position when you've probably worked in the studio with producers that have, like, basically, you know, taken taken a song that was green and by the end of it, it was purple. Right, 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 right. right. And like, okay, like, this is cool, but now, you know, is this my song anymore? This is kind of weird. Like, okay, we have a song that is maybe more accessible. It is more 
it's a product. Yeah. Uh-huh. But now it's like, oh, okay, am I am I a fucking cast member exactly. or am I the band member? Yeah, right. And actually, there was an artist that you and I both like a lot, uh, Daryl Palumbo yeah. from Glassjaw, who actually did an interview and he was talking, fuck that. He's like, don't let anybody do that shit. And that's like Glassjaw, I think that they still have this very cult following because they they did stick to their guns on that. I mean, he did go and do Head Automatica too, which was very producty, you know, like more poppy. But like, he just like stuck to their guns and they just kept on making music that I think, in my opinion, I don't know behind the curtain what all's going on back there, but they stuck to their guns and just made what they wanted to make and didn't let other people get in on that. I think that, you know, for as much shit as Glassjaw talks deservingly on like record labels and the way that they were treated, Mm. nobody would fucking know about that band if it wasn't for those few years that they were able to take advantage of those opportunities. True. True. You know what I mean? Because like, regardless of how labels and producers treated them, they still had albums that were released and got put on huge tours Mm -hmm. and made a ton of connections. And Mm -hmm. luckily, they were cool people and knew how to keep those connections Mm -hmm. and able to invest properly into being able to keep the band afloat. But if that would have never happened, you know, it'd be very likely that none of us would fucking know who that band was. True. So it's like for better or worse, it's still... It still helped them out. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that I found out about them was on a Vans Warped Tour mix. Totally. CD. Yeah. You know, like they, they made that connection. They got onto that album. But anyways, uh, I just think that that's something that uh, having those cooks in the kitchen, like how much is that going to be yours? I couldn't agree more with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in terms of music, mm-hmm. what is your relationship with music now? Not as a creator, not as a listener specifically, just in general. Like, yeah. what is your relationship with music? Oh, it's a complicated question. But going to a show is so hard for me now. I see bands on stage. And I'm like, I, I want to I want to fucking do that. Like, give me that fucking microphone. Like, yeah. I want to get up there. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, sometimes it's like an estranged relationship or like a love-hate relationship. But then um, I still have the... And granted, too, a lot of our music has been, you know, music. I hear like Sesame Street and in Disney stuff all the time from my daughter. Um, but now my relationship has changed where I'm like we were talking about um, knowing how the sausage is made, like your experience whenever you go to uh, Disney World. You're hearing it and you're thinking like, oh, I wonder who like produced this. I wonder what they did to get this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wonder how this is made, what all went into this. So it's kind of a complicated answer to a complicated question. You know, I'm listening to music, thinking about how fun it would be to play that live. I'm listening to music. What went into recording that? I'm listening to music. Oh, this probably would okay. sell a shit ton. So yeah. you're so you're still you're still listening to music. Yeah. Now, from a creative standpoint, mm-hmm. do you ever pick up a guitar? Do you ever write anything, or are you just like taking a, a healthy break from it? I haven't been writing. Uh, I still pick up my guitar. I have my whole setup downstairs in my office. So I go from work. And I walk over and I have my pedal board, my amp, and even a microphone. It's not even fucking plugged in. <laughs> but I still I still play my guitar and plug in and like it, you know, that's like my my time to like just jam, play, you know, do stuff with my pedals. Like that I, I still do that. Um the only thing that I creatively get to do as far as with music now is putting them and trying to be as creative as I can with the the videos that I make now. Sure. That's that's about the most creative I get with it. The thing that I think 
um, is interesting about doing photography or visual art in general is it, it is very hard to feel dated in a way, like when you're doing art, like you're taking photography, you're taking, you're taking a photo. Mm -hmm. Most photography in some way is timeless. Usually the only thing that dates a photo is the quality of the photo. Mm -hmm. Or if like you could tell like, oh, this was taken on like a cheap two megapixel digital camera in 2004, yeah. like that yeah. dates the photo mm -hmm. to some degree. But for the most part, like the technology of what goes into like professional photography, mm -hmm. it's the same idea, right? So like the photos remain timeless and they, there aren't really like photography isn't really like put at an age demographic. Mm -hmm. And that's the interesting thing about creating music. Mm -hmm. Like as you're getting older and you're trying to create accessible music, the demographic of people that are interfacing with music is changing and the type of music that they're listening to is changing. Yes. And I think one of the things that may have been really difficult for your band in the time that like things were, you were like really going for it mm -hmm. is like, what you guys were doing as an indie rock band was not what young indie rock kids wanted to listen to. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, there was, like, a level of polish in, like, faux-synthesized digital weirdness going into all of this stuff thanks to, like, I don't know, fucking 21 Pilots or whatever. Right, yeah, like, 21 yeah. Pilots ruined Mute Math. We can talk about that. <laughs> well, well, I, that's a whole nother... That's, like a, that's a whole episode. I think, I think 21 <laughs> Pilots broke up Mute Math. <laughs> I am fully convinced that that is what happened, but yeah. we, we can dig into that later. Um, for the record, I have no beef with 21 Pilots, yeah. <laughs> and I like I liked Mute Math a lot. I, yeah. But anyways, um, I'm curious, like, you know, was that something that you felt as an artist because like with the indie rock that you guys were doing it was more like raw organic just like solid songwriting from like more of like a rock perspective in like a classical sense but like modernized you know what i mean and it wasn't like i didn't never really feel that like what your band was aiming to do was to be like a pop sensation mm -mm. right no. uh-uh but, you know, that's obviously whenever you let more cooks into the kitchen, yeah, things get tangled up like that. And you start thinking about, and like I said before, trying to make it a career, uh, which I, I'll put a pen in that too. Um, you try different things. You experiment with things like maybe this will maybe this will help because, you know, at the end of the day, the, the ends justify the means. You know, like I, I want to try this. I want to play shows. I want to, I want to you know, not be poppy, like, you know, bubblegum pop. I want to be, you know, I want it to be popular band that we get airplay, we get shows, we get tours and all that stuff. But you make certain sacrifices and you try things. And could we have said, okay, you know what? That wasn't the route for us. Let's go back to what we were doing. Yeah, we could have. Should we have? I don't know. I probably wouldn't be the same person I am sitting here today if yeah. I had. Um, but in any case, that's kind of the, the way that it went. And to my point about, you know, making a career out of it, um, whenever it came to photography, I, I told um, uh, a wedding photographer, I was at uh, Corey's wedding, and the wedding photographer there, I was talking about cameras and stuff too. And I was like, do you have any advice? You know, I'm just kind of like getting into it. I really want to learn as much as I can. He goes, yeah, never do it for a living. <laughs> and I was like, 
Okay, actually, that resonates with me a whole lot more than yeah. you think. Because whenever you have that kind of pressure on yourself to make a career out of something, I need to feed myself. I need to be able to feed my family. I need all four of us to be able to make enough off of this. Yeah. Uh, so that means we have to make, you know, two hundred thousand dollars a year for each of us to make fifty grand a year. You know, it that's not even including taxes or expenses. Yeah. You know, like how the hell am I going to do that and keep that sustainable? Um, because rock, especially indie rock, doesn't have the longest shelf life, as we know. Um, so whenever I, I, I took that piece of advice, and that was actually after the band, we hadn't played a show in maybe two, three years, you know, and I, I talked to him. And I thought, maybe that's why I can enjoy photography a little bit more, too, because I'm not going to make it a career. Uh, I have my career already. I'm super happy with. This is going to be something I do on the side for fun, you know. Um, but I still want to bring that same kind of hustle and that same kind of grind and that consistency to this because I need to do that with something creative or else I get testy. And I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do that in a way that was fulfilling artistically for me, but also not sacrificing and letting any other cooks in the kitchen. So I just kept on doing it. And I would take pictures of weird stuff. And I started to post those pictures and other photographers in Pittsburgh were following. Like, you know what? You'd probably get a lot more likes on Instagram if you like did some stuff of the, you know, UPMC building or like sunsets or sunrises. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I just kept sure. doing it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a weird thing. Not to talk trash on everybody who takes pictures of sunsets and UPMC building. Well, the issue is that already exists. Yeah. Right? And in a lot of ways, art and food are similar. Ooh, I like th- where this is going. In a lot of ways, they are. Yeah. But in one way that they're not similar is that, like, the world needs a thousand pizza shops. You know? Because there is... The nuance between each slice of pizza is worth exploring. Right. The nuance between each photo of the same building mm-hmm. is maybe not as worth exploring. <laughs> the nuance between every fucking song mm-hmm. that sounds like, I don't know, uh, you know, a, a, a fucking uh, city and color ripoff <laughs> okay. isn't yeah. needed. Yeah. Right. But sometimes with music, you know, there's the relationship to the storyteller. So mm-hmm. even if as an outsider, it feels as though this person's telling the same story that somebody else told. I don't care if you have a personal relationship with city and color, but Mm -hmm. not a relationship with like thrice, then maybe, you know, you interface with the band that you like. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the beginning of this conversation and the story of the art. Like what is the story of that photo? Mm -hmm. So what is the point of taking another photo just to take that photo? Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe if there's some reason to be like, you know, I, I, you take, you post this photo and then you give some context on Instagram, like, oh, you know, this is the, the UPMC building where I saw my dear uncle Fred for the last time before that fateful day that the T ran him over. I don't know. That sounds terrible, you know, but, I, yeah. but something, I don't sure. fucking know. I just, well, I think that I just don't understand the point of like, at least with me and art and a big part of the reason why I think a lot of the music that I've always done has been so weird is like not only me trying to like find my own voice, Mm. but me trying to just like 
do stuff that I haven't heard. Like, yeah. I don't really know the, there's no point for me to like, be like, yeah, like I could probably make an album that sounds exactly like Linkin Park's hybrid theory. Mm-hmm. I love that album. Do that. But that album <laughs> exists. That yeah. album exists. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like, well, I think that you're, you're never going to sound. I think this is something my guitar instructor taught me. He's like, you're never going to sound just like, um, whenever I was learning like Manchester orchestra songs, like you're never, never going to sound like Andy Hall, you know, like you're going to sound like Sean Sweeney. And I think that that's the same thing that's true about even if Brian Howe Sykes made a, you know, a hybrid theory album, you're going to still sound like Brian Howe. And I find that strangely comforting. You know, like I set very high bars for myself as I'm sure you do. Um, And whenever I felt that I noticed a lot more confidence in my singing too um, and my guitar playing. And I noticed that a lot more in my photography too, you know, cause there are other, there are other people out there taking pictures, you know, there are other people out there, um, doing the same thing I'm doing, but we're all going to do it differently and we're yeah. all going to have a different perspective. And I think that that's something that's really cool about art in general. Yeah. And I've, I've said this before, yeah, but art is a conversation mm-hmm. between you and the person that is consuming the art. But if there's, you know, somebody that is like, there's already a group of people having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And you walk up and you just start repeating what the other person was saying. Like, what the, mm-hmm. why are you just repeating? Like, we're already having this, con- I'm already having this conversation yep. with them. Uh huh. But if you start talking about something different that is not part of that conversation, you might get those people, oh, What's Sean talk? What what is happening over there? So I think that it's important to do that, but it can be hard too. I think that I've spent the majority, actually, I'm not going to say I've spent 100% of my time as a musician with nobody really caring on a grand scale. Mm -hmm. Right. Besides myself. You know what I mean? And like friends are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many people I have, how many people have become like fans of my art? that weren't my friends is a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine it's maybe like, I'm not kidding. I'd be like maybe 10 people at most. Okay. Maybe mm-hmm. that's probably being generous. I have no idea. I think you're short. But yourself, I feel but like yeah. it's just been so, it's so hard to even know yeah. or to tell, but like, I just enjoy doing what I'm doing and I've been doing it this way for so long that like the idea of like whatever making it is, I'm like, I don't know. I feel in a lot of ways I already made it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do technically work full time in the music industry. Mm-hmm. It's not off my art, mm-hmm. but I do work full time in the music industry. Sure. So, well, I think that there are two things with that. Uh, number one, it's probably fair to say only 10 people that aren't your friends like your music because you're friends with everybody on the planet. Uh, <laughs> and two, whenever you, you said like, I, I, you know, nobody cares, you know, I think that that could be either depressing to think about it that way or also a little bit freeing, strangely. I think that it's more freeing. I think for so sure. too, because whenever you think everybody cares, you're first off, you're fucking lying to yourself. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares about your art as much as you do. Oh, yeah. I always 100 percent. I always laugh when like like it's all the time, you know, on social media, you'll see somebody that like makes this post like, you know, I just really need to take a step away from this. So I won't be posting for a while. I'm just like, nobody Nobody cares. cares. (laughs) Don't even make this post. (laughs) Yeah. You can very easily Mm -hmm. not like I've said this before. I've done this. Yeah. There have been like weeks 
like two, three, four weeks where I don't upload an episode of the podcast. I don't right. do anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything. Nobody Nobody's says anything. paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, the audacity to think that you're that important. Oh, the I world know. needs to know that you're not going to be posting about fucking Star Wars for two weeks. <laughs> Give me a fucking break, dude. It's fine. Take a break. It's healthy. It's yeah. fine. It's so true. It is so true. I, I see that all the time, too, because we are all our biggest subscribers. We're all our own biggest fans. And we think that everybody else cares as much about our art as much as we do. It's not true. And if you feel that way, or if you can actually get your head out of that thinking, you will be able to create better. You'll, you won't put the same kind of stress and pressure on yourself. Yeah. Uh, and you'll be able to experiment more. You know, if you, if you are just able to say like, listen, nobody actually gives a shit about this, even if they like it or if they share it, like, Nobody like actually, it's not going to change anybody's day. Yeah. You know, I I think that like when I try to bring that up to people, I think they have a really hard time digesting just the way that it's phrased, like nobody giving a shit. Like it seems a lot harsher than I mean it. No, I I think it's just like a, uh, like, do you know how like you're, you have a lot going on as an individual, right? And mm-hmm. it's probably hard for you to make time to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy, but that doesn't mean that you don't still like Glassjaw. Like, no. you know, like yeah. maybe when's the last time you listened to a Glassjaw album front to back? When's the last time you maybe watched your favorite movie or went to your favorite restaurant? I'm listening to Glassjaw on the way home from this. <laughs> but you know, sure. it, but just because you haven't yeah. personally interfaced mm-hmm. with it, or in like because you haven't like seen them post, it doesn't mean that you don't love it the same, right? Exactly. And what makes you think that your hectic schedule is unique? Everyone is just as busy as uh-huh. you, right? Oh my god, music to my ears, music to my <laughs> so, ears. So I don't want to fucking hear how busy you are. Everybody's busy. Yeah, everybody's busy. Yeah, and I think and- that it's just I try to interface with the world in the way that. Just thinking about the way that I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't listen to my favorite albums all the time. I don't, you know, watch my favorite movies all the time. But that doesn't mean that I don't, that they don't mean any less to me. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing other things. So true. And, you know, it's really easy for me to not pay attention to what the fuck you're doing for, like, Mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I don't think that you're a great person. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't want the best for you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just we're fucking busy. Yeah, like we're all you busy, know, man. It, the idea that like we should all be fully aware of what all thousands of our social media friends are doing mm-hmm. all the time is unbelievably unrealistic. Yeah, and just to that point too, that I read a book not that long ago, uh, the life changing art of not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it does talk about like this is a topic in that book is like we all put so much stress and pressure on ourselves to like you know either it's the attention that we crave or it's the attention that we think we should be getting or that we're not getting or you know there's so much of that especially exacerbated by social media and the idea of you know people are watching this or like if people are liking this like these are like people who like open up their phone to see what I post no they don't dude they're probably taking a shit while they're sure. liking your stuff. You know? Sure. It, that's, I, I think that having that mentality is healthier. 
to like be not like laissez-faire, not like I don't care about people who like my art or like my mm -hmm. music. I, of course I care about them. Just like you're saying, like we don't like, we might go a year or two without even talking. And then like out of nowhere, we might start chatting. It doesn't mean that I think any less or that I don't yeah. like you as much, you know, that it's just how life is. We all are on our own channels and we just switch back and forth. We can't stay on one channel the entire time. Yeah. 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 And I think that like it's, the, there's a bigger issue of um, the way that society has adapted social media and similar things into making us feel obligated to contribute to them mm -hmm. that I think messes with a lot of people. And I think that it's just incredibly like unhealthy to feel as though like, oh, if I'm not posting, I'm not going to be relevant in the society around me. Right. And then it creates this like toxic thing when people start creating content because they're like i'm making this because the world needs to see what i'm doing and if people don't interact with it immediately mm -hmm. that automatically brings my value of myself down yeah. but it's just like you know you're not coca-cola mm -hmm. you're not pillsbury i don't know why whatever that's a company um <laughs> you know like you're an artist, you know, like you are suits photo or you are normal creatures or you are start the beat with Sykes. Like yeah. it's just, it's okay to just be normal. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> you know, like I, I, the idea of like everybody being a rock star or everybody being this like social media influencer, everybody feeling the need for the world to see what they're doing all the time. Mm hmm is i don't know like I, I i have very little ego about the things that i do but i think a lot of what i do like this like these i think these conversations the podcast mm -hmm. i think is like fundamentally more important and valuable to people that want to interface with it versus just like oh these are my top five favorite movies for the the halloween season <laughs> Friday the 13th, <laughs> Freddy yeah. Krueger. Here we go. <laughs> Here's my useful content for the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I like those too, though. Those I'm, cool. I know, they're, I know yeah. people do enjoy that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing for me. It's just like, it's like, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still doing this? What is, what can we do that is new? Mm -hmm. Even to some degree, I get down on myself about this podcast because I feel like so many of the conversations are the fucking same, regardless of who I'm talking to from what background, because you said this earlier before, we're all the fucking same person. Yeah. Like we all have the same issues and drives and things like that. Like it really doesn't matter if you're a fucking photographer or a musician or a comedian or a fucking business owner or somebody that is starting up some like nonprofit or a charity, like everybody, we're still human. Yeah. So I always struggle with trying to find ways to like, like what is the value of this show? Like, what is the point? Mm -hmm. Like, am I doing this for myself? Is this a selfish thing or is this valuable to the community? And I need to remember my, like remind myself that it is. Yeah. I actually have, that's a, it might be a rhetorical question you're asking, but I kind of have an answer for you. There's a lot of value in this show. Um, and it's similar to the value that I try and bring with, with the photos that I do. I watch your show and I see artists of different genres, different mediums, um, 
whether they're uh, music or, like you said, business owner. And I hear so many things like, oh, yeah, I've, I feel that way, too. Or I've had that thought before. Or I've went through that same struggle in the creative process. Or I've seen people that have gone through that. Or I know that feeling. And I connect with that. And that's why I keep watching. And I think that that's something that maybe that's why you are good at what you do. And I think that that's something that I try to encapsulate myself. And I think that that's something that people connect with. But that's not the right answer. That's just my answer. Sure. Yeah, I think that it's it's it really feels as though it just boils down to that no matter what, there's always going to be a certain level of like self-doubt and like negative feeling that I think I'm always going to have about myself. Mm. And I don't know quite how to shake that. I don't know if I'm like uh, medically qualified to figure out (laughs) the answers to that one. Uh, But I mean, I think it really just stems from like, I feel as though for the most part, not very many people have really cared. And I know that's not true, but that's how it's always felt. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, what do I need? What was I looking for? And what do it to this day do I still expect to get from people to feel as though they care? What affirmation? Because, yeah. like, you know, I don't go out of my way to pat every single person that I look up to on the back mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's like, so why should I expect that? You know, it's like there's, there's, it's a whole wormhole to get into. It I just is. don't understand, like, why I feel sometimes like everything that I do doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just part of like this drive to like want to do better, but knowing that like there's only so much that I can do is like one person. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, I don't know. We're, 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 we're going, we're, uh, no. uh, we're go we're getting in the, in the weeds. We are, but that's okay. I mean, the one thing I wanted to say quickly too, I don't know if you wanted to, me to, to stop talking about this, but it's just so interesting to talk about, uh, is that I would, from an objective standpoint, cause I'm not in Brian house head. I would say that that, that bug in your mind, it's just like, what am I, you know, what, what am I doing here? What's, you know, it's that drive that keeps making you sharpening you. You probably know, it hurts yeah. and it sucks but it's what makes you better and better and yeah because if you were just happy with everything you were doing and content content is the worst thing you can be yeah if, as a creative if you're content then you're doing something wrong you yeah. should be challenging yourself yeah it was like we played normal creatures we played a pretty big show at stage ae recently okay um and incredibly thankful for the opportunity mm-hmm. um awesome show we played well uh, the touring people were nice. Venue was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very close, if not sold out. Like mm-hmm. huge club. Wow. I never. It was like nice. probably the most amount of people at that band has definitely ever played for. And it was one of these things where it was like it kind of sucked because there was a lot of people there that were at the show that I'm friends with. And while I'm glad that they got to see us in that setting and see like what it could be, it was also bittersweet because one, that opportunity could be like a once in a lifetime opportunity for the band. 
And, you know, two, these people were like, oh, good job, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, well, it'd be fucking nice if you came out to like our actual shows because then maybe we could be doing this more often, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And the, everybody's just assuming that like, oh, like all things are up from here. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. It's going to be back to the same old like normal thing. And I need to be okay with that. Yeah. And I need like everybody else in my band and the people that are around me to know that like this is a really cool thing that mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. but this doesn't mean that like we're fucking rock stars right, now. Right, right. You know, it's just like and always staying grounded, which I think is probably good in the long run, mm-hmm. but it sucks in the short term that I can't just fucking enjoy something. Yeah. In the moment, right? I'm just like, okay, like I don't think this is that big of a deal. Like it's a yeah. big deal, but Short term, yeah. but long term, it's not going to do anything to really help us get to the next stage. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Only time will tell. You could be wrong. Uh, you know, I hope that you're wrong, but it's also you have time, you have experience, you've had ups and downs. And that's with any, any field, whether it's business or creative, there's going to be highs and there are going to be lows. Not getting too high with the highs, not getting too low with the lows. I'd, I'd take even over high anytime yeah because highs come with lows you're, you're gonna have that um you know i i think that so many people could be able to connect with that because you get that opportunity you do it you knock it out of the park and then after that we used to call it a post-show buzz like you'd like have that like amazing feeling after but then you'd be like hungry for another one like you like you need another hit of that like you mm-hmm. like you become addicted to that feeling uh of success of affirmation of uh, look at what we've achieved. I mean, dude, and something that I had honestly thought about, another thing that, like, everybody asks you the same fucking question, and it's like, what what, what was it like? You nervous? There's a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's easier to play a show in front of a bigger crowd. Oh, my God, yes. Because, like, all you need is a few people to make some noise mm-hmm. and they're more willing to make that noise because like I guarantee you a large majority of the people in that room had no idea who we were. The, right. the vast majority and the vast majority of those people also probably didn't realize that I could fucking walk to stage AE from my house if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. five minutes away. Yeah. So they don't know that we're local. Mm-hmm. So just being on that stage people automatically are like taking us more seriously than like strangers there will take us seriously because we're in a place where, oh, I've paid money to see this, so this must be talent that is worthy of being here, whether I like them or not, Mm -hmm. versus like being at some bar or small club Mm -hmm. where like friends dragged people out and now it's like, you're kind of like looked at as a joke or not serious or under, like the idea of like, when you're automatically being looked at as like an underground band or like a local band mm-hmm. by the outside world, you're, you're, they're looked they're like, then they judge you so much harder. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's less people in the room. So less people are more likely or less likely to like make noise or move around because like nobody wants to be that one person. That's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody's quiet. And awkward and yeah. not taking you seriously. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, you know, I feel like that's hard. It's like genuinely, even like 
loading into stage AE. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, like we have a dedicated parking spot and people that are going to help us take stuff <laughs> yeah. on and off. And people are going to just be excited to see music no matter what. Mm-hmm. And there's actually room to plug. There's room to move on the stage. Yeah, yeah. There's places to plug in our gear. <laughs> Whoa. Like, you know, it's so much fucking (laughs) harder to do all of that, like, underground stuff that I think that it really, like, over time you get, like, callous Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. But I know that, like, that's just what the majority of our time being a band is going to be unless, like, something wild happens. Right. Right. Um, You know, I I, which is you never fucking know. Mm -hmm. But... No. I don't know. It's hard to like, it's hard to like have a certain level, I guess, to like bring this conversation back to something that isn't so like music focused. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think as an artist, it's like that drive is important, mm-hmm. but also I think like having, uh, some sort of sense of like grounded reality. Yeah. And like, I'm in a place where I think my drive and the grounded reality are fighting. Yeah. Like that whole leap of faith thing. Mm. I don't think that, I am willing to do that. Mm. My like grounded reality, like my drive is like, has my feet like running. And then like yeah. that reality is just like holding me back. Yeah. No, I, I wish that, I wish that they could just run together. You know, it, it's very hard. They do fight, you know, they do counteract each other, keeping grounded while also wanting to use that, that enthusiasm, that strength, that hope from positive experiences to keep, you know, giving you gas to move forward. Mm-hmm. It, it It's tricky. I think but it, it's like knowing the, having a, I mean, you never know who's going to resonate with your work, mm-hmm. right? But I'm under the assumption and I feel like I've been doing what I do long enough to know that primarily what I do is for like a niche audience. Like let's take this podcast for example, right? Um, this is a show that primarily highlights um, people, creatives that are, want to have conversations like this yeah. in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. So how many people really want to dig into and listen to these conversations? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, maybe an episode might go wild and it's like, holy shit, this thing has fucking 700 downloads. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm no fucking Joe Rogan that has, like, fucking, like, you know, a half million downloads in a fucking second, right? Right. But it's, like, we're they're two fundamentally different things. Mm -hmm. Sure, they're both podcasts. Right. But this is, like, okay. If there was, like, 700 people in the room with us right now, we would be, like, this is fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, But it's 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 a different thing. But it's really easy to, like, look at those numbers and be fucked off about like oh okay like what is what is is the success of this podcast and like the success really just needs to be like oh me and you had a good conversation right and some people are going to listen to it maybe they'll get something out of it Mm -hmm. um you know i'm curious you know what it's like being like because you've so with the photography stuff you have done uh the books that you talked about yeah and you've done some gallery stuff so that's kind of like akin to a show this is something where oh. you got to promote it and tell people to come out mm-hmm. what are the parallels there well that's actually so real quick too because you were talking about how people saw you in that different light whenever you played that 
uh, played that show at Stage AE. I was like that uh, because I didn't tell any of my friends that I was doing Suits Photo. Um, I kept it completely anonymous for a long time. Um, I didn't tell anybody my name. I didn't let anybody see my face. Anytime that there was a picture of me out taking photographs, we would blur it out. We'd put, you know, a, a picture of Big Ed over my face, whatever it was, you know, just to be funny. Um, I found a little bit of interest in that idea of like remaining anonymous and mysterious and people just call me suits. Like all the photographers I shoot with, they all just call me suits. Um, and then I got offered that gallery and I was like, okay, so now I'm actually going to be like showing my face and meeting people. And I have to put on that band hat of like, how do I get people in this room? How do I make sure that, because like you said, I'm a lot less nervous whenever I play to a whole lot of people rather than those shows that you play and there's five <laughs> or 10 people there. Yeah. It's, it's like, torture you know oh yeah and it's not that you set a value on that like okay i have 700 people here i see value in that it's that you can spread that attention out a lot part, more part of what makes an event work is the crowd yeah oh yeah you know what i mean that's what like like if we go back to the disney fucking thing yeah part of the reason why like you like why you want to go is because you see a bunch of other people like in the magic kingdom having fun yeah you're like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, I want to be that person there. Yeah. So you go to a show and there's a ton of people and like, you know, you see some people getting drinks or you see some people buying merch. You're like, I want drinks. Yeah. I want merch. Yeah. I want I want a hot dog. You know, all that kind of shit. Right. Well, I had that going for me, too, which was interesting because I, I go out and I shoot with a chest mount on with my iPhone. Yeah. And whenever I go out and I shoot. And people don't know what I look like. People have no idea. And I'm typically, I'm, I'm wearing a suit because I'm working and I'm just like, I strap this thing on in between work and I go out on the street and I'm taking photos of people. And people will be like, suits? Are you suits? Because they like know my my point of view reels and everything. And that's what happened with uh, Chancellor Humphreys, Keep Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. Dope. Yeah. He he saw, saw me and I saw him and I love his work. Yeah, uh, uh, we have two different, yeah. very distinct, different styles. But like, I've always loved that he captures like this brightness and joy in Pittsburgh, and I love that. I love that because so many street photographers are like yeah. look at how moody this rainy photo of you know like an umbrella. And I do those photos too. I'm not gonna lie. Shout but outs like, to Chancellor. I got a. We had a we had a really good conversation on the show. Yeah, uh, that was during. Uh, the quarantine times. It was probably my best Zoom episode easily. I watched it. It was good. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we got to do a a one on one. If you're if you're around, homie, we're gonna. Oh, well, I want to make that happen. Dude's awesome. Yeah, he's so cool. And I, I've you know I've been following his content. I love what he does. Uh, and then we bumped into each other, and he's like, "Hey, is it okay if I take a picture of you?" And I froze for a second because it was like, nobody knows what I look like. Nobody knows that I wear suits. Nobody knows any of that stuff. And yeah, go ahead. Cause I was going to be doing this gallery anyways. Yeah. And like, people are going to know soon enough. Cause I wanted that appeal of like, who's this band? Like they're opening for this big band. So they must be, you know, I wanted that mystery, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, go ahead, take my picture. And then I did the gallery and now people are getting to know me more. And then city paper, because of your recommendation to Amanda, shout out to Amanda, uh, from city paper. Um, that got me in the city paper too. And my, awesome. they used my name there too. Cool. So thanks. Glad that. that worked out. Thanks to Amanda too. And um, yeah, I, I, I imagine that it can be a situation too, where you can still control the narrative of like 
what is being shown like on your specific social media. Right. right. It's like you could take a cue from Slipknot, which is probably not what you're expecting, right? No, I want but this. <laughs> it, it's not hard. If you want to know what Slipknot looks like without masks on, it's not hard. Yeah. They'll do interviews and plenty of things. You can find it. Mm -hmm. But if you go on their specific social media, you're not going to see it on their own things. Right, yeah. So it exists. It's not hard to know who Slipknot are. Yeah. But in terms of the brand, they keep it, they keep it. They keep it together, yeah. right? Because it's that's that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So you can do something similar to Slipknot. That's that's probably what <laughs> I'm gonna because I also do like to keep, you know, separation between my my business brand of what I do for a living and what I do for photography and for art. Um, I don't want to mix the two ever. So whenever people ask me in like those Q and As and stuff, they're like, "What do you do for a living?" You know, I'm like, "Nah, like that's just separate." You know, sure. Um, but you know, I. Chance I took my picture. I did that. Uh, I did that gallery. I sold a bunch of the books, which um, not to be you know shameless plug, but this one that I did, it's chapters two and three to this series that I'm doing, and it's called No Matter What, and that was the name of the gallery that I did too. And all the photos, you know, they're probably photos that have been taken before, right, Brian? Like we we said, like everything's already been out there, but the theme that I wanted to do was this idea of everybody has a no matter what somebody or something that they would do absolutely anything for. Yeah. You know, whether that's, you know, family or your your kid or your friends or your business or your community, whatever it is. So I did that and, you know, Pittsburgh City Paper liked that and they liked that it was going towards Hillman Cancer Center and um, the gallery really liked that. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't mind if people know who I am. That's okay. But it was fun while it lasted being completely anonymous. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, as long as you somewhat control that narrative through your main channels, mm -hmm. most people are going to need to go out of their way. Right. To f and most people won't go out of their way. Yeah. So you like, can still keep it relatively anonymous. Like I'm still going to post to like, hey, you should go watch this podcast. I'm sure there are thousands of people, <laughs> probably tens of thousands of people that have never even thought to Google Slipknot no masks. Right, right. Exactly. Because you just know Slipknot by the masks. Yeah. yeah. Some people might not even want to know. I kind of find I fit into that camp. Yeah. I'd rather just <laughs> think that they sleep in those things. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, but again, this is back to that conversation that we had earlier of like, Nobody actually fucking cares. Yeah. You know, like... It's not in a bad way. It's yeah. Just, it's just like, I I think overthink it, just like any creative does. Yeah. It's maybe... Maybe, maybe there should be something added, like, uh, to it. Like, a rewording. I want to find a way to phrase this in a way that I could say it to people and it doesn't seem as jarring as nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. Right. Um, <laughs> you know... Uh, I don't know how to do it in a way where it doesn't feel like you're like taking a chunk out of somebody's passion, right? It's like you, you really, care more than anybody else cares. Sure. Um, you know, or something to the effect of, you know, nobody has as much time for your art as you do. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I don't know what it is. Well, there's a popular phrase. Uh, from an, another organization that I'm a part of, that uh, being humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less, and that's kind of what you have to do whenever it comes to creativity. Because if you think of yourself less and just focus on what you're doing, yeah, there you can do a lot with that. 
I like that. I dig that. I think that it's, I don't know. There's, there's a, uh, the never ending quest to understand, uh, what makes people want to like interact with your work. And I think that to some degree, you just really don't have any control over how other people interact with it. The only thing that you can control is just the work itself. And sometimes, I mean, there's all these hacks like, oh, you know, maybe if I was better at social media or maybe if I what didn't care less or maybe if I just tried to be more genuine and blah, it's like sometimes art just sucks. Yeah. So there's that too. <laughs> you can't polish a turd. Yeah. <laughs> phrase. Yeah. yeah the, the, there's, there's no right or wrong definitive answer, right? I think that the best thing is like, well, are you happy? You know, you know, if you're happy writing these songs and playing these shows, mm-hmm. cool. You know, if you need other people's validation to feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. being an artist is not what I would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's part of human nature is that we want validation, uh, you know. Totally, totally. But, but, you know, to you said this earlier, you know, you want to be thought of as that person. Like everybody wants to be thought of as that rock star or as that artist. They want to be like, oh yeah, Brian, the you know the the guy in the band, or oh the, Brian, that guy with the podcast, or oh yeah, Sean, that photographer, or, oh that musician. We all want to be thought of, and to be put up on that pedestal is something that we all want. It's built into our DNA that we want to be like known as this person or known as having this skill or ability. But trying to keep that feeling and reined in that like we're like keeping that. Like we're, we're keeping ourselves from letting that control how we're doing it or how we're making the art. I think that's the trick because if you're doing it just for that sole purpose of validation, you definitely are in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, no, the, the validation is obviously nice. It's fucking rad to know that like <laughs> somebody cares about what you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're, I mean, it's, I've had this, it's like, you know, I may be somewhere and somebody says hi to me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how are you doing? And we have this whole fucking conversation. Yeah. And I'm feeling fucking rude because I'm not introducing them to Stacy. Oh. But it's not because I'm not like, hey, I don't give a shit about my girlfriend. It's like, yeah. I don't remember who this is. And I can't be like, oh, hey, this, you know, like guilty of that too. I'm yeah. Like, like, what <laughs> the fuck do I do here? But it's like, you know, I know that there are people that are like, aware of what I do and I just I just like it's like I'm happy but like I don't care yeah because it's not I can't let that be the fuel like I need to want to do what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and maybe me not caring has been uh, a bit of a problem to Mm -hmm. some degree well I think that you obviously do care but it's just yeah I I don't see a problem with it either, you know? Yeah. Whenever you boil down, whenever you're creating content, whenever you're creating art, whenever you're creating music, you know, you have to think back to um, what is the actual purpose of this? Like, what am I trying to achieve out of this? Besides just validation, you know, like I want, 
people to look at this photo and I want them to feel good. Why do I want that? Because that makes me feel good to make that person feel good. Why does that make me feel good to make that person feel good? I don't know. It's just in me. Sure. Like, why do I want people to hear this song? Well, because I want them to hear the song and I want them to like enjoy it. I want them to yeah. put it on whenever it's, you know, whenever they're making out with their girlfriend or I want them to, <laughs> I want yeah. them to come out to a show and sing the words with me, whatever sure. it might be. You yeah. Know? It's like, I, I think for me, when I boil down like why I, make the music that I do. We'll just say specifically with normal creatures because mm-hmm. like gray Walker and some faith interface with the world in different ways. But normal creatures is like 100% my, my selfish creativity sure. all boiled into one thing. And it's just like really like being a weirdo that's into weird, different music. And there's like a lot of music that I listen to that like, I'm like, I don't even know if this is good or not, but like from a technical perspective, but from a creative perspective, it is good because it's challenging what good is. Yeah. And I find that interesting and like how much stuff can you mix into the pot? Like what flavors can you mix together? How can you create something new that nobody has ever tried? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a burger, but like, you know, it's fun to go to like, Okay, let's fucking Disney. We go to fucking, you know, Docking Bay 7. We're like, what the what the fuck is this weird shit? I mean, it ultimately is just normal food, but they yeah. found a way to uh, deliver it in a way where it's at least a little bit different, right? right? So yeah. um, trying to figure out, you know, why I create art. And it's just like for that other, for the weirdos mm-hmm. that are that aren't necessarily interested in hearing what is on the radio. Mm-hmm. So where is, wh- how far can I get when my intention is to not even create music for people that need accessible music? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to make something that is a little left field of what would be normal, mm-hmm. but also like, I don't want it to be so abstract that like, you know, like a photo, like what am I looking at? Like right. it still needs to be a story that somebody can digest. Yeah. It's like trying to find a way to mix all of that together is a fun, it's a fun challenge. Yeah. You know, looping this conversation back to the beginning of everything and this like telling stories, why you create the art that you do create and what are you expecting people to get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, Just something that's to piggyback off of that. And it might be even a little bit contrary to what you're saying, too. I like it. I know. Um, Something that I... uh, Have you ever read the book, How to Steal Like an Artist? Nope. Definitely a book that I I highly recommend to everybody. But it's the idea is is that everything's been done. Try and, like, emulate what you like. Do that and then put your own twist on it. Like you're not stealing it. You're never going to sound like that person. You're never going to be that person. You're never going to be that band. Um, follow, you know, look at people who are doing what you want to do. Follow in their footsteps. See what they're doing and then break off from that. So like you find a formula and you follow that and then you you break off and because it'll either be an intentional break off like you're talking about with normal creatures, or it'll be one that just happens because you're never gonna, even if you try and sound like somebody like I'm never going to sound like yeah Daryl Palumbo or Andy Hall. Um, so that's, that's certainly one difference that I have noticed in my creative work as a photographer, 
that is a contrast to my creative work as a musician. As a musician, I was always trying to, like, I didn't, like, follow any beaten path, I, even though maybe I did subconsciously. But as a photographer, what I did before I actually started getting serious about street photography is I went and I bought a shit ton of photographers' books. Like, actual, like, I didn't just Google image search. I wanted to, like, actually, I don't want to look at a fucking phone screen to see these pictures. Sure. I wanted to see them in a book. So I got all these books, and I just, like, every time before I went out and shot, every night, I was just, like, looking at these photos, like, books of photos. Like, what do I love about this? What do I want to try and emulate from this? And that was, it was kind of like I was following a beaten path. I was listening to the radio and being like, okay, they use these chord changes, uh, but then I like go out and I do it, but I don't play those same chords. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I hope that does. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I think that the idea of originality and people that are like, you know, I get so fucking like, you know, fed up with the whole, like just trying to do something different and, you yeah. know, like I, I get it. Like yeah. everything has really been done, mm-hmm. but it, it, it goes back to, the storyteller and like what is the reason for what you're doing like Mm -hmm. i don't need what you're doing to be incredibly original or different Mm -hmm. i just like what is the reason it's not so much the art but like why it exists not like what it is but Mm -hmm. why does this exist i love that that i love that just that question is something that i want to ask myself and if i'm looking at art now is why is this here yeah not what is it? Sure. And it's like, you know, I think for a long time. Wow, that's deep. I, I had that. a really hard time digesting some more like modern art, you yeah. know, like stuff that is, I don't know, like a pencil on the floor that's like surround, like, you know, yeah. with 20 feet of things surrounding it. And that's the piece. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, well, why mm-hmm. is this here? And, like, you start digging into those questions and then, you know, five, ten minutes later, you, like, have thought about all of these different things and you're like, that's why the art's here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, and actually, know. there's a funny quote about modern art, uh, which I think you would appreciate, too, is modern art is 50 percent. Yeah, I could do that. And the other 50 percent is, yeah, but you didn't. I did. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just like. It's so cool. Well, like, that that was the that's the whole like Nirvana thing, right? Like, oh, oh, there we smells go. like Teen Spirit is such an easy song, but you didn't fucking write you it. Didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's so easy. Why didn't you fucking be Kurt Cobain? Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, uh, like, oh, uh, the idea of White Castle yeah. seems very simple, uh-huh. but you didn't do it. You didn't do it, right? Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> and I say White Castle because. We wouldn't have McDonald's if it wasn't for White Castle. Yeah. Shout outs oh, to I White Castle. Know that. Yeah, White Castle are the OGs. Interesting. They're still family owned. Wow. Yeah, it's still like that. basically an end. That's why it's so small. Wow. But it's like an intentional thing that mm-hmm. like they I think that they had some time periods when they tried to do franchising and stuff and it didn't work out and they maybe bought it all back. Mm-hmm. But yet it's still Family owned, small type thing. It didn't like go all out yeah. like the other companies did. Right. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. you know, we're not going to get into like a White Castle story, but it's but, interesting because you would never, you might not realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, 
and uh, sorry, I have to do one more Nirvana thing because you okay. it, but yeah. like it's it ties in so well with this conversation. Is that um, uh, they were that was just a recent interview with um, oh my god, now I'm blanking on his, the Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl, yeah. It's because I'm nervous because all the cameras are on. Uh, but well, actually, that one just turned off like a while ago. So I've, we've just been going the one camera. This okay. whole, I was like, fuck it. Whatever. We'll do it live. Yeah, um, fuck it. So, yeah, Dave Grohl was on in an interview whenever they were talking about um, he wanted to thank this drummer. It was some old 70s funk. Oh, yeah, yeah, band. yeah. And he used the flam from that record to start off Smells Like Teen Spirit. I saw the inner, it was the one that he did with Pharrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was so, because you steal like an artist. Like you you use what you learn from other artists. And as long as you surround yourself in that and engross yourself in it and just keep yourself um, uh, submerged in that your creativity is going to continue to explode. And I, I think that that's one really cool thing. About yeah. I, I'd say I, the idea that everything, it's so funny because you get, at least I get the feeling that a lot of people like some new Marvel movie will come out or some new fucking Christopher Nolan movie or something. Right. <laughs> and like, you'll get these people that are either like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Or like they say like, it was okay, but it wasn't as good as such and such. Yeah. It's like, why can't we just like talk about this movie as being like, this was cool. I liked it. Instead of being like, Comparing it's it. better than everything yeah. or it wasn't as good as something else. Yep. But at the same time, like, you know, you get these people, it's like everything needs to be the, the, the next best thing, mm -hmm. but they're consistently digesting like just like mediocre content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and I mean that like I digest mediocre content, yeah. like to some degree, and like you know, I don't want anybody in your family to get mad at me. But <laughs> Disney is incredibly mediocre in a lot of ways. Okay, but there's something about that that is kind of nice. Yeah, like I don't need it to be like the craziest, biggest, best thing in the world. Like I, it's just I enjoy the property and the reason why that like that whole thing exists. Yeah. It's fun to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, but it's, you know, I could have as good of a time at Kennywood as I will at Disney world. Yeah. For me personally, that yeah. may not be for, that's not the same thing for everybody. Sure. But you know, for me, the Jackrabbit is my magic kingdom. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, I mean, that's definitely the first double dip of my life that I felt like Absolute. I came off yeah. first and only that I feel like I come off the tracks every time. Yeah. And yeah. I think that it really, it's interesting just to why people interact with art in that way. Why like everything needs to be better than the last thing that sure. they saw, because you're going to, you have to hit a ceiling at some point. Mm -hmm. And if you're like spending the entire you know, 18 hours that you are watching whatever, you know, new bullshit Netflix series comes out. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, in the back of your head, you're telling yourself, this isn't as good as other things that I've seen, but I'm going to continue to watch yeah. it. That's not like a healthy way <laughs> no. to interact with art. Just well, let things be mediocre let mm -hmm. things be normal that mm -hmm. is okay yeah. you know you're gonna have lows and you're gonna have highs mm -hmm. but if you're 
everything's constantly in your life in competition with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the hot dogs that I had at that other place were better. Those French fries aren't as good as you. If everything is like that, how can you ever enjoy anything? Right. And I feel like in a sick way, some people are masochistic enough that they're always going to do that. That's just part of their nature. They just love to compare, compare, compare. And, you know, there's the old phrase, compare and despair. Like, you're always going... I think as human beings, we... we tend to compare a lot. I think that we would be happier as human beings if we just looked at it for what it was and not in, in a vacuum and not against other things that are in the same category. You know, um, that's, that's definitely a healthier way to look at it. I want to be more like that, but it's hard. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just try to, uh, I think that I think I have a lot more empathy for creators than consumers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody gives, you know, new Star Wars a lot of shit for just being... I enjoy I'm it. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. The old movies weren't good. The new ones aren't good. None of it is good. <laughs> Star Wars was never good. But it's fun. Hot take. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, and that's what makes it enjoyable. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the idea of good, like, potato chips aren't good, but they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good I, I really like that like you know there's that take is good there's a different it's it's interacting with your brain in a different way like junk food snacks like these shouldn't be things that we view as like oh this is good yeah right you know but what everybody's definition of what good is and what bad is they're different but going back to me feeling that I have more empathy for creators. It's just like, I can't even imagine how difficult of a job it is trying to create something like a Star Wars movie. Right. And you know what's funny about this? A big part of the reason why they have such a difficult job and like they need to like basically scrub everything down with a Brillo pad to make it as shiny and as digestible as possible mm -hmm. is because the consumers are so fucking picky they are. that they're trying oh to make everybody happy. Yep. If Especially everybody just, his cult is just shut the fuck up yeah. and let art be what it's going to be. Yep. And you're going to see more interesting things yeah. coming out of studios. But it's yeah. because you have all these bullshit test markets and all of this mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, we got to make it like this. It can't be that extreme. It can't be that friendly. It can't be this. It's like, yeah. okay, you just create something that nobody can relate to. And then everybody complains about it. Yeah. That's actually a huge shout out to my mother who will definitely watch this because she loves that stuff. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Sorry I said bad words. Oh, it's okay. I do too. So does she. <laughs> but uh, but she said whenever I was making music, she goes, Sean, like, I love your music, but, like, maybe try, like, if music was pizza, maybe try, like, pepperoni pizza. Like, try making pepperoni pizza, not, like, anchovy and mushroom pizza. And I was like... That's a sick burn, but also there's a lot of truth to that, too. Sure. And that was actually, that wasn't like, uh, like whenever we went to like a producer and had their most recent album, that was like back when we were all instrumental and we weren't singing at all. Yeah. And like that was, I was like, you know what? Like that's, that's fair, you know? And I, I took that as a good thing. But I think that if we have too many cooks in the kitchen, again, back to our conversation uh, earlier, Especially whenever you have like test markets and like, you know, people who are like trying, especially like very picky consumers, like Star Wars nerds, um, myself included, but I don't pick apart stuff. You create this huge amount of pressure on the create on the on the creator um, that's going to be this very high unattainable bar to hit. Like it has to be 
new enough that it'll feel fresh and different, but it has to be old enough that all the old fans are going to love it. Like, there's no way. So you're going to come into, like, a mediocre in the middle. We've... So, okay, so we're going to be entering a section of this podcast where we're going way longer than I normally go. But this always happens with people that I know. (laughs) So either we're going to... Um, either I'm going to edit this episode down a good bit and Mm -hmm. make a relevant conversation or this is going to get split up or Mm -hmm. it's going to be some long Joe Rogan-esque fucking two and a half hour long conversation. I don't know. But I'm just bringing that up because I feel like where I'm going here is going to go into another tangent. tangent. And you know what's actually really funny? Me throwing that disclaimer out there Made me completely forget what I was going to oh. say. What were you just talking I about? Said how you have to try and appease all the old fans oh. and the new fans. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. remember. Yeah. So the idea of pop culture, mm. right? It's so new yeah. in the course of humanity. Right. Like when did what is pop culture really begin? Mm. Right. In terms of like people wanting to like collect things and making hobbies that are based around entertainment. You know, I would say it maybe didn't start with the Beatles, but that's probably a very early example. That, no, I think that fits. Um, so, you know, cause they were making like action figures. They were in movies. They were on television. They're doing music. They have records, like mm-hmm. a very big marketable brand across many different mediums. I don't know of anybody that really did it on that level, nope. considering how much of a phenomena mm-hmm. they were. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't that long ago. That wasn't even a century ago. Right. Right? But humanity has changed so much through the ages, through centuries. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, who are we to say, like, why? Like, it just blows my mind that, like, oh, we need to already reboot Batman? <laughs> yeah, right. We need to, like, we can't come up with, an, we need to remake all of these movies or we need to, like, overly criticize all these things. I think that we just got too much content Mm -hmm. in such a short amount of time that like our brains just can't really handle it and digest it in a way that is like healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in my bed last night. What is on Netflix? I'm like, fuck, there's a new season of Legacies. There's a new season of Riverdale. There's a new season (laughs) of Lock and Key. There's a, there's a, watch that one. There's (laughs) an, Like something else. I'm like, all of this stuff happened at once? Yeah. How? Yeah. I was like, I'm excited, mm-hmm. but how am I supposed to interface with this and keep up with all of it? So you're like digesting all of this content super quick. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I remember a time that was just like, oh, okay. This Harry Potter movie came out. And then in maybe 18 months, I will see the next one. Mm -hmm. But you have kind of an idea of what's going on because the story exists. But I mean, it's okay. But now it's like in this pop culture shit, it's like I got to go to the movies every other week so I could see every Marvel movie Mm -hmm. to be keep up. It's it's too much for me. It's a lot. It's like drinking drinking from a fire hose. Right. I mean, you're just like there's so much content because there's so much money to be made 
And I feel like that's what's driving it. You know, all these all these entertainment companies, uh, they're all hemorrhaging money because people weren't going out to, to movie theaters all last year. Uh, and they're just like ringing that cash register. Oh, you know what? It's been, you know, almost enough time for us to start uh, pumping out yeah. more Batman movies. Let's start teasing some more. Is somebody that is a, a, a nerd. Uh, I have arcade machines in my home. Mm-hmm. I have, those, I have Ninja Turtles tattooed on me. Yeah. I don't think pop culture is very healthy for human beings. No, no, I don't think, I think that it's getting to a point where the fact that I felt as though it was a good idea to get the Ninja Turtles tattooed on me Mm -hmm. says a lot about the horrifying state that I think we're in, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like I'm not unhappy. It's just so weird to me to be like, Oh, like I'm in my mid thirties having a heated conversation with another adult mm-hmm. about a science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. That's where, that's what, where life is. At. What is, well, I think it also comes from, we are not, we're in a place as human beings thinking bigger scale. We're not, uh, well, I guess we did come out of a pandemic, but we also, you know, we're surviving it. Right. You and I are yeah. surviving it. Um, we're not in any wars right now. We're not like, starving you know we have a roof over our heads we have clothes on our back so our minds look for uh things to think about worry about uh sure ponder over and i feel like we kept getting fed that like what's the new hot like dune came out like i see so much about dune and i loved the movie i really enjoyed it but like i'm there are other bigger things that i could be worrying about but i you know we have clothes on our back food in our fridge all that kind of stuff it's just so weird that like all of this like all of this creativity, it's like, why is this happening? And it's like, and like I was talking about that before. It's like, yeah. why? Why is there so much stuff? And why, what audacity do I have <laughs> to contribute to this creative pollution? Yes. Oh, my God. That's the best. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to keep, that should be an episode, creative pollution. Yeah. That's so good. There yeah. is, there's actual, there's actual creative pollution. It's, it's the, like how you said, we're okay with mediocrity. You yeah. Know, it's just out there. It's just, there's money to be made. There's, there's content to make. There's an idea, which is, again, it's good that there's so many ideas, but a lot of them are executed poorly. But, um, and another thing too, is like one person's trash is another's treasure, right? Yeah. So there's that too. It's just like, it really it's rewinding the conversation a bit. I think it just goes back to like what makes you happy. Yeah. It's like, I can't control uh, childish 30 somethings about their critiques of, you know, the voice cast for the super Mario brothers movie. Right. (laughs) I just need to step away. (laughs) Like how is everybody this mad about that? (laughs) Why does anybody uh, give a shit? Right. I, I. It just, it blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Right. Because there's nothing else worse to give a shit about. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, <laughs> we're all so soft. Yeah. We're actually going to get worried or worked up about this. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's one thing where it's like, okay, maybe we're even creating these posts and it's not a serious thing. Maybe, you know, I made this post in between, you know, uh, getting breakfast ready for my kids or, you know, doing something else, you know, whatever. Right, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're not a responsible adult. That's taking time to take care of your needs around you. Mm-hmm. But the thought 
of just living in a world where it's like any dumb idea that anybody has can be thrown out there Mm -hmm. and then put in front of my face. The problem is not the fact that somebody has an idea that they want to share with the world. Yeah. The I the problem is me just looking at my phone yeah. all the fucking time, right? So it's just like okay, You're consuming it. I'm just going to pretty much unfollow every single person that I'm friends with on <laughs> social media. Yeah, right. And then just not look at it mm-hmm. and just go about my business. I mm-hmm. can't control what other people do nor do I want to. Yeah. But I can control what I do. Yeah. So it's a matter of just like finding the things that make you happy and, you know, realizing, cause you get this a lot too. People that are like, oh, like social media is so miserable. It's like, yeah. you don't, then you don't can do log it. out. Yeah. yeah. Then don't look at it. Yeah. You, <laughs> you don't have to make a post telling everybody that you're leaving and taking nobody it. cares. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just back away. Yeah. It's fine. Homer Simpson into the bush. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be all right. Just the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I think that, if I was going to uh, put a cap on this conversation, I think that what this is is, you know, the the well-intentioned ramblings mm-hmm. of two adults mm-hmm. that have spent the majority of our lives fulfilling creative passion yes. and just trying to, like, figure out why we're doing that and what it should be. And also like growing up through this. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the art that you want to make when you're 15 is a lot different than the art you want to make when you're 30. I don't even know how old you are now. Are you 30 You're 32. Nice. Okay. So we're both in our thirties Yeah. and like life changes and the, you know, being the type of person that, you know, it's like I make art that is a direct, like a direct reflection of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that you've always been the same way with your songwriting and things Mm -hmm. like that. Once, things start to settle mm-hmm. and like you work towards a goal. Like I, I don't feel like I'm working towards anything big anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I have a job that I could say is a career. I've been working in the same fucking office for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. So well, I have a career. Yeah. Um, I have a home that I like and I have people in my life that mean the world to me. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck am I still fighting for? Right. I can make art whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I can do things and maybe it'd be cool if more people saw it. Yeah. But also like, am I going to let that take away from everything else that I've worked for? Right. And also realizing that it was my experiences through making music and doing art that got me the job that I have now. Right. That got me these things that helped me meet the people to meet the people that are in my life now. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I mean, if we really break it fucking down, like I wouldn't know Stacy, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, if it wasn't for our mutual friend, Heather, who I wouldn't know if it wasn't for people that I met in the music community. Right. It, it wouldn't have fucking happened any other way. Yeah. And you know, I wouldn't have this fucking, house if it wasn't for the job that I got because of the music community because of the time that I put in so it's really easy to be like oh you know is the receipt of being an artist like oh like I'm on is it really fair for me to say that I haven't been successful because I'm you know playing a show in fucking Greensburg to nobody but remembering that I'm fucking coming home to a house that you know, in a life that is still being taken care of because of 
my skill sets that have built up over the years, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to overlook those things. And maybe not everybody has those experiences, but I think that maybe going to you, because this is a conversation about you, this isn't the Brian Howe Therapy Hour, but I think that like, <laughs> even with you and your career that we're not going to talk about, yeah. but I know that it's very people-oriented mm -hmm. and you're interacting with clients to mm -hmm. some degree on yeah. a daily basis. And a lot of that probably goes back to that young ass Sean Sweeney that I met in 2007, <laughs> walking up to us, loading out of our car, like, Hey, my name is Sean. Yep. Like, what do you do? And like, those are abilities, social abilities that you built up being in the music community Absolutely. that you've adapted into your adult life. Very much so. I, I, I give all the credit to, well, first my mom who got me into music in the first place, then, uh, music, because I wouldn't have my career that I have now uh, working with clients if I didn't learn the networking skills that I did for music, um, from playing shows, from booking shows, from being considerate enough to send a fucking thank you card. Yeah. That kind of stuff helps me build up my client base. But then also from uh, – I was teaching guitar lessons, as you know, back whenever I was doing music. I was teaching little kids guitar, and now I'm teaching adults things uh, you know, for their own businesses, for their own personal – stuff and, and I still take that same level of like boiling it down to the very bare minimum that I taught a little girl a Taylor Swift song but on more complex scales to adults and I, I give that credit to music um, I give credit for meeting my my person Megan I met her at Strip District Music Festival uh, which I think you played that too before. yeah yeah um, and I wouldn't have met her if it weren't for music um, Everything I in my life yeah. I got from music. I think that there's this, there's this, this unfortunate way of looking at the world, um, in like a very I guess it would be macro. Like you know you're really you're not looking at the full the full picture, right? Yeah. Um, like you're just really closed in on these small things, but taking that time to actually like, uh, you know, zoom out a bit and look at what the whole picture is and seeing how everything is connected as a result of how you've lived your life for these mm -hmm. 32 years. And you're like, oh shit, like I am successful. Yeah. Like right now, like me even just thinking about that stuff has made me feel fundamentally better than I felt 20 minutes ago yeah. when I was blabbing about whatever. But it's like, you need to take those times to be like, oh shit, like, yes, yeah. I, 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 I am I've, I've done it. Yeah. And like, what else do I need? Like the drive is still going, mm -hmm. but also like, it's really easy to drive off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it's like, okay to like drive slow through your neighborhood and appreciate where you live. Yeah. Right. And appreciate the city around you that mm -hmm. your metaphorical city that you've built and this yeah. metaphorical neighborhood and blah, 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 blah. I get that. I totally get that. And to your analogy, too, whenever you were talking about going playing a show in Greensburg to fucking no one, but then you come home to, like, you have this nice house and, like, you have, like, a, you know, a, a girlfriend that you care about. You have a, a, a life and friends and a successful career. I think that that also kind of plays into that advice that I got from that wedding photographer. You know, you don't do it for a living. You never, you like, you're not going out to that show and playing in Greensburg because you need the money for it. Like yeah. you're doing it because you love doing it. And sure. You have that drive and you, have, you need that outlet. Um, if you're like me, I, I'm not in your head here, but I, yeah. you know, that's, we're not doing it because we're like dying I think for that, it. I, you know, I think that there is also still like a way to, to like cleverly, because I mean, if we're, fuck, not to get into like financial hour here. Yeah. But I think that there is a way 
to definitely create an income off of your passions Mm -hmm. if you do it with intention Mm -hmm. and like you aren't being a fucking ding dong about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know (laughs) that we can go out to Greensburg Mm -hmm. and the band can still make some money. Right. Even if there's nobody there, I mean, nobody there is still people there, Mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, well, there's still a way to monetize off of this, whether it is actually like financially or socially, mm, you know, right. in terms of like connections, connections. That, that you can make. And there's ways to do that in all different aspects of things. I think that my brain is always thinking of how to um, win, <laughs> I guess. That's not that's not a bad thing. Um but make the most of the situation. I have n- I, it's very rare that I actually feel like I I have one in the moment because like yeah. I'm just always going. Yeah, it's just it's it's chaos. Well, that's a good thing though because you have to be thinking about you know how to make the best of every single interaction because if you're playing a show, that's not just a, an opportunity to play a show and make you know whatever the the house gives you for payment for the show or whoever's setting up the show or whatever you make off ticket sales. Like you have merch that you can sell. You have people that you can meet and you can get them on your email list or like, you know, they can come out to shows and that'll be future income for you later. Or you can make a connection with that venue owner and you can continue to play more shows for bigger bands. Like there's so many things that you can get out of that one opportunity. Um, And, you know, I wasn't downplaying that by saying, but playing that show, you're still going to eat whenever you come home, no matter what the turnout is. But it's kind of comforting that you can go out there and do your best knowing that everything's still taken care of. And you don't have to like put extra pressure on yourself. Yeah. It's going back to the idea of like, nobody is a full-time musician Mm -hmm. and that whole thing that I say half seriously, but like half jokingly, Mm -hmm. because you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, it ties to just being happy with who you are as a person and where you are as a person. And I think that I've had so many friends that have worked in jobs that they don't like. Mm. And that idea is completely absurd to me. (laughs) I think that, you know, if you are at least for like a creative person, like if you're somebody that is an artist, but like you have a full time that you don't, like a full-time job that you don't like i get it Mm -hmm. but use some of that creative ingenuity that you have to get yourself into a position that you like um it's not impossible it's not going to be easy Mm -hmm. but it's also not fucking easy being in a band or creating art you know you don't have to fucking settle for Mm -hmm. something but i know a lot of people who have right and like they won't even bother to take the time to try to update their resume or do this because there's like this i don't know if it's a fear of rejection thing or a fear of change thing um but it's like two very powerful motivators yeah yeah um but it could be you know really really hard Mm -hmm. uh for some people to get out of that cycle and it's hard to see people they are creative people but you know they don't have that like job that they absolutely don't hate to go to on Monday mm-hmm. or they don't have a house that they like mm-hmm. to go, you know, there's, the, they don't have that other stuff. And I mean, you do have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I'm, I, I have 
I feel like I've done a lot with very little resources over a long period of time mm-hmm. to get to where my life is now. Yeah. And uh, if I can do it, pretty much anybody, I think anybody could really do it. It's yeah. just a matter of, again, the drive. Yeah. You know, like, you know, are you still, <laughs> you know, are you still working this job that you don't like? Because you really don't have any options, or is it the drive? Yeah. Do you just not care enough enough to change it? Yeah. But you will complain. You know, it's easy to complain. It's easy to complain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know what that is. I have a really hard time having people like that in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking. You know, Stacy hated her job and fucking quit it and's doing pottery full time. Yeah. It hasn't been, which is awesome. It hasn't been easy. Yeah. But again, it's the drive mm-hmm. and nothing is easy. Nope. Fucking working at McDonald's isn't easy. Like, I don't care. Like, what? No job, those, those jobs really aren't easy. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're a fucking security guard that has like a 12 to 8 a.m. shift and you just sit there by yourself all night, it seems easy. That's not easy. It's not easy. Staying awake, staying mm-hmm. alert. If something does happen, you're responsible for it. Mm-hmm. No, most jobs are complicated in some way, regardless of how easy they seem mm-hmm. on the surface. But um, in even something that you enjoy. Yeah. Because art, it, I mean, this sounds cheesy as fuck, but it's not called art chill. It's not art relax. It's art work. Like there's work (laughs) that goes into it. Get out of my house. I know. Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. (laughs) You and your cheesy ass lines. Yeah, no, totally. I hear you. But like, you know, like even if like I know of people who they hated their jobs, they quit their jobs to be a full-time artist or a full-time musician. And some people do it and some people don't because they think that being a full-time artist means I'm going to create on my own schedule and I'm going to watch Netflix the the rest of the time. Um, I'm going to, you know, make artwork that's I, I can make the best artwork but i'm not gonna network and socialize with people that are connected i'm not gonna make connections so nobody's actually gonna see my artwork like doesn't matter how good you are if you're not actually marketing yourself or showing yourself to people then it's not gonna become anything more yeah um but yeah i mean and mad props to stacy too and for both of you you know doing it your own way too um that's something i have in common with you too because i uh my entire life, I've never gotten a tax return. Uh, I've never had a W-2 job in my entire life. Okay. I went from, as soon as I was old enough to start working, I started working at Steak and Shake with Woody. <laughs> we were both waiters there. Uh, went from there to Bravo. And, you know, we're just working for cash tips. Went from that to teaching guitar lessons, cash under the table. Went from that to doing what I do now, which I'm still an independent contractor. And I, I have no salary. I have no, like, it's only based off of how I work. If I don't work, I, I don't eat, you know? Like, it, it's, it takes something different to do what we're doing, you know? Like, yeah. continuing to have that drive. Uh, and the good, the good news is, is that I love both my career and I love my, my artwork. And I, I get to wake up with a smile on my face every day. But uh, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Even if you like it, it's not easy. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> Like, there is, there's, there's a, to, to wrap things up. Yeah. There, Sorry. There is, no, no, do, do not, do not apologize for being somebody that's good to talk to. <laughs> it's a fucking podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? God damn. But to, to close things up here, because we've just broke the two hour mark, oh, which wow. is, a, it's a long time. Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe this will be two episodes. Maybe it won't. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We'll see. we'll see what happens. If this episode is edited right now, we've been recording for two hours and three minutes. <laughs> if the time that you see is shorter than that, then know that you have some of this episode has been cut out, but maybe because maybe some stuff, maybe I rambled some, or maybe there are just some secrets that we don't want to let out into the world. Right. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end the conversation. Maybe unless you have some follow up to this, uh, going back to Disney. Yeah. There's a movie called Ratatouille. Yeah. (laughs) And in that movie, there is a chef Gusto, right? Who, who, uh, writes a book called was it everyone anybody, could, could anybody cook. can cook yeah anybody can't be an artist i think that's fair it's a hard truth yeah it's a hard truth <laughs> that's all i'm going to say about that yep and i don't think that the limitations are are something you're born with i think that they're self imposed limitations simultaneously okay so if i'm going to be all like spiritual and shit which i i very rarely am mm-hmm. i think Everybody is an artist because life in general is an art form, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to interface with the world around yeah. you, right? Like your body is a paintbrush and the world is the canvas. Paint the story that you want to tell mm-hmm. with the brush while the bristles are fresh because mm-hmm. they age and, you know, you deteriorate, so right? Yeah. But at the same time, in terms of art as a I guess art is like a, a, a genuine lifestyle. I'm not even going to say career. Yeah. I think that it's a lot more than people give credit for, which is what I think makes being an artist hard sometimes where you feel like you're not getting like the validation because a lot of people don't know how much time goes into, mm-hmm. you know, like how many nights you went out to get like this one shot yeah. to find it, you know, or how many hours I spent, you know, in a studio trying to get this three minutes of like audio mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy, but nothing is easy. Most things that are easy aren't good. Like mm-hmm. potato chips, potato chips aren't good. <laughs> I like potato chips. That's the best cherry on top of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true, man. Start the beat potato chips Ooh. coming soon. Coming soon to a theater. And grocery store near you. Yeah, I don't fucking know, man. Sean, <laughs> suits, photo. Mm-hmm. What do you want to tell the people before we pull the plug on this? Uh, no matter what is out now, you can go to suitsphoto.com to buy it. All proceeds, all profits are going to UPMC Hillman Cancer Center. Uh, I will continue to be putting out these books, but I feel especially strongly about this one. Very cool. Yeah. And... That is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Sean Sweeney, Suits Photo. Thank you so much. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2021. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. And uh, we did it. Nice. Cameras stopped working. Well, actually, the camera that's on me is perfectly fine. We did it.